From KYW News Radio 1039 FM, this is Bridging Philly, connecting our communities on the issues that matter to you. Presented by Gift of Life Donor Program. Organ donors save lives. Hello, I'm Raquel Williams. Welcome to Bridging Philly. What to say, what not to say, and how to say it. No elbows on the table, and make sure you don't show up empty handed. We're talking holiday and everyday etiquette. How far have we fallen from proper manners? We'll find out with two experts. When there's more food on the table that was in the plate or that you've eaten, and there's stuff on the floor, there's a whole list of things. Will the Colored Girls Museum remain open in 2024? Our existence has elevated the work of Black femme artists such that an ordinary colored girl can find herself in this home. Charity Howard finds out. All that and more coming up on Bridging Philly. This is Bridging Philly from KYW News Radio 1039 FM. Tis the season for holiday gatherings, meeting with family and friends, traveling and dining out. From now through the new year, people will be celebrating the season. Now, there are things that people say we should avoid so as to not make things awkward when we're out with friends. Don't wear that outfit. Aunt Shelley might have something to say. Don't walk around someone's house if you don't know them and if they're not giving you a tour, so on and so forth. There are things in the world of hospitality that are no-nos, and we are talking etiquette this holiday season. This should be both fun and informative for all. Here with us today is Dorlisa Goodrich-Young. She is founder and director of the Delaware Valley School of Etiquette. Dorlisa is a certified graduate of the American School of Protocol. Also with us is Jeray Edmonds. He's worked in the world of hospitality and services industry for years, and he's also a notable performer in the arts by way of music, acting, modeling, and documentary productions. Welcome, Jeray and Dorlisa. Thank you Thank so you. much. All right. So I'm going to ask one question of you right now, right off the bat, Dorlisa. What faux pas have I made since I've met you so far? Go ahead. Let me have it because I know I probably have made some. So we discussed how to pronounce names. Mm-hmm. And you told me I was extra polite in asking you if you could say Dorlisa instead of Dorlissa. And it's just a part of the way my mother and my grandmother taught me to be many, many moons ago. And I still try to always be as courteous as I can in so many different, difficult and different situations because it's all about comfort. Mm. It's all about being yourself. It's also about being kind. Sometimes me correcting someone oh, can be a little awkward. awkward, right? Yes. And the way you corrected me in the beginning was, can we please say Dorlisa? And I'm going, of course we can say that because that is your name. But you were just so gracious in the way that you made the correction while also making the request. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Have I made any other faux pas? No. No? No, this is so wonderful to be here in the studio. I'm hearing an etiquette etiquette professional is coming in the studio. I'm like, what do I have on? Did I greet her properly? Am I sitting right? Is my back straight? You know, all of a sudden, I'm just like, okay, what am I doing? You know, that whole thing. But But we're relaxed and you're fine. Yes. Yes. You're fine. I'll, I'll just let it go then. All right. So... Have we lost our way in terms of etiquette in our culture currently in 2023? I mean, 
we can just look around and I think every generation kind of looks at the generation behind us and go, what's wrong with those kids? How are they dressing? Look at their hair, the music they're listening to. Oh, you know, they're, they're not carrying themselves right. How far have we strayed off the path of proper etiquette? So I will say it is making a comeback. Is it? It is. I am so thrilled that there's so many children who were excited to take my etiquette classes. I've actually been doing etiquette clubs at schools. And I have so many wonderful compliments from parents, from teachers who say, yes, we need to bring this back in full force. Mm -hmm. So I'm ready. I love it. It's something that is just a part of me naturally, but I still also have to work on my craft. So I'm always learning new things and wanting to share that with others. And Jure, working in the services industry for years, I know you have seen all kinds of things. And we'll be talking about what, you know, what's proper and what's not proper when people are dining out or at hotels and so on and so forth. But What's your opinion on how we are presenting ourselves and behaving these days? Well, from what I see, I'm glad that Billy sees that other side. But being more in the public and traveling, you know, whether it's transportation, taking, you know, subway. So I have much more of a closer sense to urban or whatever because I I travel pretty much varied. Um, Common courtesy and manners. Mm. has seemed to have gone out the door. Um, Respect, not only respect for oneself, but also the common respect that you would, you know, you see an elderly person that's there, a woman or whatever, you know, get up from the seat. I'm from a period where I don't care no matter what. I'm a man, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm not trying to belittle or anything, but there's a common decency as in terms of women, children first, to a certain degree, you know, if they're young, but also I walk on the outside. I, I'm from that. That's where the respect that I, I've always walked on the outside. These are things that were instilled in me growing up. Yeah. You know, my grandmother, my mother, my parents, I saw by example. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have lost a lot of that. And also as in terms of a man being a man, yeah. dealing with responsibility, there's a certain type of culture that has changed and for the lack of that. And then also respect that women have for themselves. Yeah. Both members of my family, you know, of parents, you know, had the opportunity of working, but we knew what to do when we came home at a certain time. Mm-hmm. Meal was on the table. You know, if you didn't come at that time, you didn't need. <laughs> exactly. Everything was cleaned right. up. You know, there was That's a communal right. You know, things of bonding and things that we talked about. And then after a certain time, you had homework, you had chores to do, you had certain things. Yeah. And I think that we have gotten away from that. Everything has been expected and assumed. And I think a lot of youth have, you know, have gone in that. Yeah. You mentioned the youth. And I immediately started thinking about young people when you were talking about respect of self and respect for others and respect for elders and to give up your seat if someone that really looks like they should be sitting, you know, let them sit. Do we sound like we're aging ourselves? Like, oh, you know, this young generation, they don't know what to do. Or or is this something that really needs to be passed down? You're talking about grandma, you're talking about aunties, they're letting you know, don't do that, do this, do that. And then kids don't want correction today, or they don't get that correction as often as perhaps we did when we were growing up. And it's showing. It's showing. I'd say they know what they're doing, Mm -hmm. and they are 
actually, I think expecting someone to help them out. Okay. Some. Some are, but I do see some young people who are looking for guidance, maybe actually have gotten some etiquette questions that were just like, oh, wow, you're really thinking about this. So I'm going to be hopeful that, yes, it is making a comeback, that our grandmothers and our mothers from way back when, it is going to be making a resurgence. An uphill battle. Yes, but it's going. I'm hopeful. (laughs) She's uh, very, very hopeful. I I see how optimistic you are about that. But, um, you know, it just comes down to good old-fashioned home training. It's just really what it is. That's why I stay on my girls, like white on rice, put this back, don't do that. When you leave the bathroom, it's cleaner than when you got in there. And, and don't I mean, stand yes. in front of the refrigerator with the door open. Close I have to pay. Refrigerator? What do you do? I have to pay electricity, especially <laughs> on trips with others. Yes. Yes. Just wiping out that toothpaste so important. <sighs> yeah. We, All these little yes, tiny the little things, things, little things yes, that matter. That really like, matter. Why are you getting on me? At the, because that's what you're supposed to do. Exactly. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, we're going to be uh, getting into that a little bit more. Um, but I want to jump into um, holiday etiquette and table manners. Oh, just, let's it. just get right to the table because, you know, this holiday, you know, Christmas and New Year's, we're all going to be gathering with friends, family and whatnot. We're going to be around the table. And I want to talk about that whole holiday vibe and how things are supposed to be. No elbows on the table. Jure, I'm going to ask you, though, because as someone in the service industry, a lot of people are dining in restaurants. So we'll mm-hmm. talk about home and we'll talk about restaurants. But I want to talk about restaurants a little bit. You've probably seen all the barbaric things that we are, are capable of as a society <laughs> when we're dining out. What are some of the faux pas that you have witnessed when people are dining and you are servicing them? You have gum in your mouth. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you do, if you have gum, mm-hmm. I would think that you would put in a napkin. <laughs> Not put it in the bowl. Oh no! You know things of that sort really irk me because I have to clear. You have to take that off the plate. Yeah, and then when there's more food on the table that was in the plate Mm -hmm. or that you've eaten, and there's stuff on the floor, obviously you don't. There's a whole list of things. Yeah. You know, I don't need to be finger snapped or pointed. No. What, what, really? What is happening? You know, there are certain ways of, like, on my end, I need to constantly acknowledge you, whether it's with water, coming back, having that filled. Mm. Is everything all right? You know, after I've just served you, I need to come back in a few minutes or whatever. Give you some time to take a bite or two. Right. Is the food all right? Is it not too spicy? Things of that nature. And then also, you know, don't rush. If they're out and it's fine dining or something— Give people some time to socialize. It might be a first date. Mm. You know, you want them to feel comfortable, feel at home. Yeah. And that's all part of what we're trying to give a certain ambiance, you know, a certain feel. Do you find that you give, quote unquote, better service to people who are more polite? Please, thank you. And acknowledge and respect you instead of the snapping and the more water, please, and all of that. Well, you're going to do that. My grandmother always told me sometimes you have to have a third, fourth, or a fifth eye Mm. and see the different perspectives from that side, this side, or whatever. It's not always, you know, a two-way street or just one way. So maybe they may be having a bad day. You don't take anything personally. Bridging Philly continues in a moment.
back to Bridging Philly from KYW News Radio 1039 FM. This whole idea for this particular program came about with uh, my producer and I, Patty. We were talking, telling her the story about my family and I at a restaurant. We didn't realize how expensive the restaurant was going to be, you know. But I was telling her that what I tend to do when I'm at restaurants is I will clean up like I'm at home and pile the plates. I pile the plates, I stack everything, I put the forks in, and I'm like, okay, I made it nice and neat for the person who has to pick it up. And Patty's like, what? No, 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 don't do that. <laughs> don't do that? Don't no. help. Oh. I appreciate it. I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I, no, I, I've been just, told no as help. well. Okay. You know, personally, I have a way of how I do my trays, mm. you know, or if I'm carrying and cleaning up. I only have so many hands, <laughs> but I try to do with what I have and I stack. What I do, I think not only of how I'm going to carry and I don't try to overstack, but also I'm thinking of the dishwasher okay. or the people cleaning. Okay. So I like to separate my silverware. Okay. Um, See, I like I like wow. to separate different things, you know, so that everything there's a place for things, and yeah. it helps. And, you know, you're not only thinking about the front of the house, but you're also thinking about the back of the house. Okay. Okay. And it's a whole communal family. I had no idea that I was causing harm. <laughs> no, you but, were but being helpful. Be but trying just, to, okay, yeah. but I say I'm not going to do that anymore. What can I do? Because I feel like I want to do something. Can you just use the silent service where you close out your silverware? It is a secret way what of how that? to place your silverware to let the servers know that you are finished. The cross. You, you cross or you your, can like place the knife at the top right. and bring it down with the fork. So it's at the 315. Right. Like on a clock, hmm. or the 9.45 on a clock, or the 6.30 on a clock. Silent service, that's what yes. it's called. Yes, yes. And in the service industry, it's acknowledged. Yeah, definitely okay. the cross or the knife up top. Look at that. Yes, it closes out the meal, and you don't have to say a word. Wow, no. I like that. But we still always ask, Yes. you know, are you finished? Mm-hmm. And there's a way that you do, and then say, you know, would you like something else? Dessert, mm-hmm. should I get your check ready? Different things of that way. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for those tips when dining out. I, I do appreciate that. And uh, I'm sorry to <laughs> for all the stacking that I've been doing forever. No, okay. No, I no. won't it's, do that anymore. But I, nice. I like that silent service. Okay. So let's, let's bring it home. Um, people are gathering uh, for the holiday season, for meals and getting together. What should we be doing, Dorlisa, uh, or what shouldn't we be doing when we are dining? First of all, when you arrive at a home, at someone's home, the first thing you do is what? Please greet them. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. And also, it'd be really nice if you have a small gift, just uh, to acknowledge that. Do not show up empty-handed. empty-handed. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean they're going to use the food or the wine that you bring at that moment. But is the thought that you are giving to them that I appreciate you. Thank you for having me in your home. And I'd like to just give my gratitude. Now, does the gift matter? Should it be something that you've made? Can it be? It can does be it have anything to be from your heart. Okay. Or just what you have in budget. So it doesn't right. have to be expensive at all. Okay. So first thing, greet. Yes, and greet. don't please. come empty handed. Yes. See, these are things that we should be well, doing. Also, on top of that, you know, if I know that it's a dinner yeah. or something, I call in advance mm, and I ask, you know, if you're making the dinner or whatever, 
and I don't have to bring a dish. I usually offer dessert, and then I give a couple of options. Okay. Usually it's a nice pie. Mm-hmm. I like pies. Or especially, you know, different cookies or something. Something that's special, but I bring several. If I know that maybe it might be a wine or something of that sort, I don't bring hard alcohol. No. I don't yeah. offer that. Yeah. But I, you know, usually like a wine or something that's like... Um, I don't usually bring beer unless I know it's like a cookout or something of that right, sort. Right. There's different ways or different times of doing it. Got it. Uh, because you have different people. Sometimes if I know it's like intimate and it's just a few friends, I know she drinks certain things. So I'm not going to bring, uh, even though that I'm bringing dessert or whatever, I'm going to bring what I want to drink. <laughs> I'm sorry. I you know, I bring my own. <laughs> Not to take anything. I know she'll have the ice. Right. Um, but, you know, I said, and if I have a certain mixer or something, that's fine. I usually come prepared. Then I can do whatever I want. You know, there's a certain also etiquette of, I guess, when time to leave. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that, too. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes yeah, you get a little, welcome. Yeah, you need to get the Sandman hook and start cueing the music because it's, it could be embarrassing. What are we doing? <laughs> okay, so, Dorlisa, you could tell us about that. We'll talk about when it's time to close out and leave, but I do want to talk about the fact that the host of dinners also has a responsibility, too, such as making sure the meal is served on time and things of that nature, right? Yes, and also taking into account any allergies. You want to make sure that everyone can eat at your dinner. Mm -hmm. Um, So just making sure that you get all food preferences or have a variety so that your vegetarians and your vegans and those who don't eat pork, they can still enjoy the meal with everyone else at the table. Okay. And also getting that invitation out so that you can have as many people available as possible. So getting your invitations out in a timely manner, mm-hmm. um, maybe even following up for those who might have forgotten to mm-hmm. RSVP, and then just being actually present. You want to be at your own party. Yeah. So do all the prep work before your guests arrive. Got it. You don't want to be trying to tidy up while the first guest is walking through the door. Yeah. Really pre-plan your evening or your day event so that you have enough time to just sit and rest before your first guest arrives. In terms of children. Okay. Okay, because I, I grew <laughs> I teach up, children's I, etiquette. Okay, so I grew up, I was at the children's table. Okay. You're not with the adults. The adults are having adult conversations. The kids are over there with the kids. Uh, things have kind of changed lately. Kids are at the table. How should that work? So I'm going to say it's a matter of preference. I do know some families who still like the kids' table, and that's great. You want to have fun. But also maybe incorporate an age um, so that maybe your older teens can then be excited to join the grown-up table. And then when they are there, invite them into the conversation. You want to make sure that everyone has a voice. Um, So maybe talk about something that you know that you've seen that they will know a lot about and ask them. And I'm sure they'll be happy to enjoy that conversation with you. Religion and politics. Oh, no. No, no, let's nothing. all just talk about that all day. No, no, no nothing no, that's, that's going like to have mother. right. You don't want to have any <laughs> stomach upsets. Do. No, do. we don't want to go there. It yeah. is, should be lively conversations, light <laughs> conversations at the table. And then, if you choose to have those conversations, do that away from the table. Uh-huh. We yeah. don't want to disrupt the beautiful meal that has been prepared. Right. A lot of work has gone into that. 
enjoy the meal. Right. By the way, how's the weather? Oh, yes. How is the weather? <laughs> it's and a little gloomy today, but it's going to get better. I know. <laughs> that would be a good way to kind of break up the crazy talk. Yes. Right? Yes. That's how you kind of sway Having the Having a set number of conversation topics that you can have on hand. Mm-hmm. Just have those thoughts in your head. Oh, okay. If this goes south, maybe I'll want to bring us back to... Oh, how is school? What's your favorite activity that you're doing now that the season has changed? Mm -hmm. Those light, airy conversations. And that movie was good. Oh, yeah, the movies and the books you're reading. What about that music? Yes. And then Aunt Susie says, when are you getting married? When oh, are you no. have the baby? Why are you wearing that Thank skirt? Thank you so you much for checking in on me. <laughs> That's Wait, let me hear that response. Thank you so much for checking in on me. Wow. Yes. I like that, that is my go-to. Wow. I appreciate you thinking of me. It's a blessing. It is a true Look blessing. At that. <laughs> it's a true blessing. That, wow. That is Yes. Awesome. And you're not giving away anything that you don't want to You're not to giving say. anything away. You're mm-hmm. not giving attitude. No, but you're, just, you're saying, just stating a fact. You're wow. grateful. I, I As you're sitting there you. being judged. Yes. Thank you for thinking With of a me. smile. Now, we that was sound advice. Yes. I love that. I love that. Also, I like to do at the end, you know, if I know a lot of people have a tendency to leave, even if it's a work party. Mm. They'll come in, they'll help out or whatever in the very beginning. But when it's time to go, I like to help out, mm-hmm. clean up, yeah. you know, even help wash dishes. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something that a lot of people don't want to have to do. I know, I love I, <laughs> and I do don't it as well. I don't no mind either. I don't mind. Even if it's just clearing up your area, yeah. if you see that someone's left like a napkin around or some plate, oh, just be kind and courteous right. and just help out. Yeah. yeah. But if the host says, no, I just want you to enjoy yourself, take that advice. Take the no and Yes, it's so difficult to not step in, but maybe they also have a plan in place. Maybe they have someone coming in to help, and they want you to just enjoy the time, so lead by whatever the host says. Okay, I like that. Now, back to what Jure was talking about as far as overstaying one's (laughs) welcome. You don't want to have the music come on like, well, the lights come up. You're the last one still sitting in the corner drinking the wine. Perhaps it's time to go. How do you make your graceful exit? And if people are overstaying, how do you kind of coax them out the door? I've actually had this happen, and I really try to be mindful that maybe they really are lonely. They just enjoy my company so much. So maybe you want to just mention that you have an early morning ahead of you. It doesn't wow. work with you. No. It's no, worked I've with had, me. I had one, I had one person <laughs> that I, I'm thinking in particular, it doesn't work. Have an early morning. Go to the bathroom and come back and sit back down. No, no, no. It's like, so this is now the guest. And then you just actually start shutting down and bring out the coats. You bring out the coats. Yes, that should work. Now, Darlisa, you are from the South. I am from Tennessee. You're from oh, Tennessee. it just came out. <laughs> See, whenever someone just says that, I'm taken back to my childhood. And instantly, you know, whenever you come across people from the South, that etiquette, that good feeling kind of comes out when you talk to them because there's it's still appreciated in the South. Certain ways you talk and certain ways you dress and, you know, hello. Yes, you speak Good afternoon. to everyone, even everyone if you don't know them. Yeah. Yes, not here. I'm learning. 
Let's talk a little bit more about the Delaware Valley School of Etiquette. Uh, When did you start this school and why? So I started it in 2014. My son was in kindergarten and we were doing a lot of play dates. And I think my heart was sinking that there were so many children who were mm, maybe hadn't learned the best way to play with others. Mm. And then I thought, you know, I would love to be able to share what my mom and my grandmother taught me. So I went to the American School of Protocol in Georgia. I thought about Georgia. I know Emily Post is big, but being from the South Mm -hmm. and Atlanta, I went to Spelman College. I thought, well, let me check out this American School of Protocol. Best decision ever. So Peggy Newfield, wonderful teacher. So she taught me how to teach others. And I thought, I can't wait to share all of what I know with so many different people, from children ages 3 to 18, with adults who might have forgotten what they were taught when they were younger, and then even college students who are ready to go out in their first jobs. Maybe they need to brush up on those business etiquette skills. Yeah. I am so happy to share all those tips that have gotten me to where I am. I've been in many different industries, and definitely etiquette has helped me along the way. Yeah. So, yeah, etiquette is not just about dining. And no. It's it about, is. you know, how you meet people and how you Great. present when yes. you talk with someone. And do you extend the hand? Do you not extend the hand? How firm should the handshake be? Exactly. Yeah. Well, and now, the hugs. And the hugs. It, like That's always people. awkward we, we, with me. Meeting people every week, I'm like, okay, I'll hug anybody. I love that. But so, people, but so reserved. Yeah. Um. So the handshake, is, I'm happy it's back. I remember when COVID, we weren't shaking yeah. hands, and that made me sad. Pump. But yeah. we came up with other ways to greet people. Right. Definitely the eye contact and the smile if you're not wearing a mask. But you can still smile with your eyes, even if you do have a mask on. So just (laughs) acknowledging that you're happy to see them and meet them goes so, so far. And making sure that you're building those relationships. It's so neat that we can build relationships because we never know who knows the person that you also know. And then we're now bridging that relationships and it's so yes connections it's all about connections and really just making people feel comfortable Mm -hmm. and confident in all different situations etiquette and and manners in general it it varies throughout the globe like certain areas you go certain things are not accepted and certain things are not traditional some don't want to be tipped so on and so forth and so i guess even when you're traveling you should you should have to use it. Yes, yeah. you have to brush up on what that specific country or that culture does. So you are not doing anything that is definitely a no-no. Yeah, especially if you are visiting or having dinner with someone of another culture. Exactly. You should know, okay, what do I do here? Because, you know, if you're offered certain foods, you know, sometimes, you, oh, well, I can't eat that. I, I'm a vegetarian. And it's right. So I yeah. say if it's not going to harm you try mm. a bite and then just be gracious that you were offered the food in the first place. Look yeah, there that. are a lot of cultures that are very much like that. And right. It's, and it's, it's an insult if right. you don't and partake. Also, yeah. yeah, partake on certain things um, as well as have somewhat of an insight or at least where the person has come from, you know, or their origin and respect, be mindful and respectful of that. 
And right. again, that's common courtesy. There is such a skill and I guess it's such an art to not offending when you are in a certain position. And so far, I've learned so much, Dorlisa, you know, how to kind of, uh, you know, sway a judgmental type of uh comment or have a bite if it's not going to harm you. You know, that is something that I'm going to keep in mind. I, we've all been in a position where we're looking at something on our plates going, oh, mm-hmm. what is this? It's looking back at it's you. It's looking back at you. <laughs> Everyone else just partaking and right. eating like it's good. And you're going, mm-hmm. oh, boy, this is very strange. How do I? And this happened to me this year. I'm like, this is green and jiggly and everybody's eating it. What is that? And you know it. It and you take a little bite and go. Oh, I'm I'm full. <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. No, you didn't like that. Oh no. Yes, it was it was fine. Because I'm just... going to ask. <laughs> and the other thing is, I'm very uh, observant mm-hmm. in regards to say a person has a salad and I see that they ate everything mm. except the onions and tomatoes. Mm. Okay. I notice these things and I come back and I say, you know, next time you come in. Because you want, we want return business. If you're doing mm. a la carte or whatever, let me know if I'm here or let us know you don't like that. We'll give you more of the other. Mm. You know, there's ways of accommodating and assuring that the patron's experience is much more pleasurable. Okay. So let's talk about the tipping. Um, not everyone is a good tipper. Um, let's talk about the industry standard. The industry standard when you're tipping at a restaurant, Jure, what are the rules, unwritten and written? 20% is about average. Standard, mm-hmm. yeah. It's standard. Some people give a little less, you know, depending upon what is being done. You know, I may be a cup of coffee. You know, depending upon that, you know, going to Starbucks, I'm not going to give $2. Right. I may give a dollar or I'm doing takeout. Some people give more. Or depending upon what you did for the takeout, if you, especially if you know the person or give a little extra okay. or maybe soup on the house. There's little things that you'd be surprised. You took more time. I could tell you what gives me anxiety um, when you're ordering something right there at the register and it turns around and it's, there's a tip, no tip, 5%, 10%. And I'm like, why? But I'm just ordering and I'm just getting a, you're just giving me my food. Like it's new. It's come around the past five years. I'm faced with having to, do I tip the person who's putting something in the bag and I'm walking out and I'm not being served? Sometimes I put no tips. Sometimes I'll go, okay, 5%. And I don't know what to do, but it gives me such anxiety because I'm there. I feel like I'm doing the work. Somebody's putting it together, putting it in the bag, and then I'm leaving. Does anyone else get that anxiety? I mean, because I do. I do, too. I did, too. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, to an extent. But I figure, first of all, how am I feeling that day? Okay. What am I feeling from you or the person that's mm. serving me? How's the attitude? Did they that's even acknowledge the me in the very mm. beginning? Exactly. Okay. So we cover tipping. 20% is what we should be looking at or depending on your, the service. What about right. no tip? Oh, so that is... Definitely something that we need to call in like a manager and explain what's happening and then go from there. But to just not give a tip, that leaves a bad taste, bad reflection on you. You have to acknowledge that there was a situation that is causing you not to want to tip, but you have to bring someone else in. Okay. So just don't leave the table. With no, a you cannot just or do a mean that. Note no, you can't attitude. do that. No, no, no. You have to let them know so they don't do it again. It depends upon where I'm at. Or, okay. you know, there's the old-fashioned adage, if your service was good, I'll leave a penny. 
Oh, with the, so with that the, too. With the tip. And I, I leave it with the heads up, not the tails. Oh, Ooh. no. Um, now, in terms of holiday tipping, and you know, my husband and I, we go over this all the time. We're like, okay, we have to tip the so, uh, the mail carrier. We have to tip the person who the, the child. We, you know, we have a whole list of people who we think we need to tip. Should we be doing that? I mean, yes. we put the envelope on top of yes. the garbage can for the, you know, the person yes. who gets the garbage. All of that, we should be. We should be tipping. All the people that you interact with throughout the year, um, from your hair salon to the Uber, bus driver. To the bus, the bus driver. driver. Yes, the people yes. who are really making your day easier, please remember them. And just show your gratitude for all that they do to help you have a better day. Okay. Okay, I like that. It doesn't have to be anything yes, expensive it it or doesn't. anything. It could just, just be thought. like, you know, just maybe 5 or $10 yes. or something in a card. Yeah, the card. Card, like card that, you know. from your heart. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you for all that you do. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you both oh, for all so the tips. this is so wonderful. <laughs> because we certainly needed all these tips, and uh, hopefully this can help us get throughout the rest of the year and uh, into 2024 and uh, hopefully we will be embracing more etiquette and we will be even more proper in the new year. So, Jalisa, tell us, where can people learn more about the school? Wonderful. They can check out Instagram and Facebook, the Delaware Valley School of Etiquette. And also, I have an event coming up on December 10th at the Brio in Cherry Hill. And you can find that information at the Delaware Valley School of Etiquette on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, and the website is www.dvsetiquette.com. Great. Yes. Thank you so much, Doralisa Goodrich Young, and of course, Jure Edmonds, for being such gracious guests on Bridging Philly. Well, thank, thank you. you. Bridging Philly continues in a moment. Back to Bridging Philly, connecting our communities on the issues that matter to you. Vashti Dubois, founder of the Colored Girls Museum, says the future of the community treasure is now in question, as the city's zoning board says she's in violation of two codes. We find out more with Shara in the city. I'm a ghetto visual anthropologist. I essentially took the grieving ritual, people coming after the death of a loved one to offer condolences, to sit with you a spell, tell stories about your loved ones. And when you say grief, you mean grief. This was the loss of your husband for over half your lifetime. I mean, that hits hard. And I turned it into an ongoing show. And don't play it down. You turned it into a museum, a museum that we're sitting in right now, catching up, you know, talking about what you've been going through. It's been a lot, hasn't it? Thank you, as always, Shara, for coming back to like to check on us, to see about me. Hey, <laughs> what I'm seeing about you is that you're in here with another struggle of your life and you're doing it for the entire community. Yeah. I mean, the Colored Girls Museum started as a show in the Philadelphia Fringe Festival in 2015, not long after the death of my husband. What I need to, to share with folks is like where, where the language even of museum came from in that moment. Um, in a particularly heavy moment, I sat on the stairs of this house, 4613 New Hall Street, and I looked around and I listened to the quiet, the kind of quiet that ha you have in a house when somebody is gone from it. Mm -hmm. That's a very special kind of quiet. Right. 
And then your partner, someone that you shared everything with. Yeah, my, you know, my partner, my soulmate, you know, my art partner. And that first show, the Colored Girls Museum Open for Business, is the only show that ever happened in this house where the artwork was labeled. Every single piece of art and artifact that was brought into these rooms by artists and ordinary colored girls had a name. And that is what I called for when I wanted my girlfriends to come. That didn't happen. But when the artists came and they took up residence in these rooms for that show, it happened. Everything had a name. And I could walk through this house and I could remember who did what room and what they brought into each room. And this house kept me company during that time. And so that performance... That grief performance went on for four weeks in that Fringe Festival. And then when the artists didn't come immediately to get their stuff, I decided, well, let me let me apply for a grant. Like maybe I can do this someplace else, you know, like maybe we can take the show on the road. And we got to the second round and I knew we had to reopen so that the funder could see it. Proof of concept in the spring. So we opened again. One day, Sundays, people could come and they could walk through my grieving process, not by themselves. Because the thing about this ritual is that you have to be led. You don't get to just come through the front door and go where you want. Because in your grief space, nobody can do that. Like they can't go anywhere in you or your process that you don't allow them to. But something powerful happens when you give a thing a name. And so this was called the Colored Girls Museum. That was the name of the show. Creating Um, community. Creating community. Creating community. And let's fast forward now to the fact that the zoning board is putting that in question. The codes that we're responding to are you can't have, you know, a museum in an attached house. We're a twin, right? We We have a neighbor that's, we share a wall. You can't have a dual-use property. It can't be both a residence and a library museum. So those are the two codes that we're responding to and seeking a variance for. For the second code, listen, I don't have to live in the museum. I don't. And so if that's a sticking point, I won't live here, right? That first one, I can't do anything about the fact that this beautiful little house has a twin. She has a partner. But you know what? My neighbors like the Colored Girls Museum. They support the Colored Girls Museum. So this is a community that came together not only for you then, and they're coming together for you now. And what are you hoping? What I'm hoping, I'm hoping we get the variance. I mean, there's some practical reasons, right? You know, we employ people. So if we don't get the variance, we go out of business immediately. So what exactly is the variance? What the variance does is it says... Yes, we know that this is a code, but we're actually going to give you a reprieve from that. And here's the thing. I don't know if this is in Germantown, but this is not unprecedented. For example, the Paul Robeson house is a twin, right? For example, the Marion Anderson house is row home. The Rosenbach house is row home. And we could probably go all over the city and find, and they all Very easily. Yeah, they likely all had to get variances in order to do this thing. Here's the thing. Right. You're stepping up. I am Spartacus right now. <laughs> you know, no ordinary colored girl ever wants to be Spartacus. That's the thing. Like, we just want to live an ordinary life. You know, we just, you know, we want to put food on the table. We want to love on our people. Uh, we just out here trying to live. 
our existence and my movement as her agent, as well as all the other folk who are family to her, have elevated the work of Black femme artists while simultaneously shining a light and creating sanctuary such that an ordinary colored girl can find herself in this home. What I want people to understand is that the Colored Girls Museum should not receive a variance because of Vashti Dubois. Mm. She should get a variance because she's the Colored Girls Museum. What makes her the Colored Girls Museum is because y'all said so. Mm. Not because I said so. Because if y'all hadn't come, if y'all hadn't written about us, if y'all hadn't taken pictures on our porch, if y'all hadn't told us, oh my God, when I come to this place... I realized that it gives me something I didn't even know I needed. I didn't even know I was missing. That's what makes her the Colored Girls Museum, not Vashti Dubois. What you say the community deserves. And what the community is called for. Should it do that, then the Colored Girls Museum will go on to continue to provide at the highest level what she has already been delivering, sanctuary for ordinary women and girls of the African diaspora, which extends far beyond the incredibly beautiful art that uh, artists and curators have made possible in this space. A bunch of colored girls are gonna get together and say, give that thing a variance because something important happened there. Currently, Dubois is waiting to hear results from the city from a hearing that was held in early November, where she gave testimony, but also community members came through expressing what a loss it would be to the community to have the Colored Girls Museum close. Following the hearing, the zoning board decided to hold off on making a ruling until requested tax information was provided by Dubois. Of course, we'll keep you updated on this developing story. Thank you for joining us for Bridging Philly, brought to you by Gift of Life Donor Program. Organ donors save lives. Also, we're looking for the 2024 class of Game Changers. Nominations are being accepted right now. If you know a person or an organization doing positive work to uplift communities of color, go to kywnewsradio.com slash gamechangers and nominate them today. Winners will be featured on KYW and will be awarded at a special ceremony during Black History Month. For Sharaday Howard and our producer, Patty McMahon, I'm Raquel Williams. Be well.